recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. This is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast. Happy anniversary, I'm Anthony. I'm David. I'm Katie. I'm Jim. And with joy, I'm Kurt's dad. (laughs) Welcome back. With Joy Kurt's dad. <laughs> this is issue number 26, which is also the one-year anniversary of the official Crimson Cowl Comic Club. Yeah, we didn't we didn't plan it out very good. Uh, you'd think that issue 25 would have been an anniversary, yep. but actually, in this case, issue 26 is the anniversary. That was just the penultimate to this anniversary issue. Right. And uh, so just kind of a, a brief history on the club. Um, the, the club initially came about... When uh, we started the comic book store out of my basement, yes, uh, which wasn't exactly zoned for you know being a, a store, so uh, Kurt and I intended to first like sell online, but we wanted to like start building um, a, a customer base and also you know building up our inventory. Um, so what we did is we decided, oh, well, we'll form a comic book club and. Saturday afternoon from noon to five, uh, people can come in, hang out, we'll talk comics, that kind of thing. But really, what it turned into is people came from noon to five, talked a little bit of comics, but just bought the stuff directly from us rather than off of our website, and that was it. So it wasn't an organized club. Um, that continued on for boy, what did we run it out of there for like six months or more? As I say, uh, half a year. Um, and then we got into the storefront that we're running the store out of now. And that opened, uh, grand opening was March 11th of last year. Uh, so not long after that was Free Comic Book Day. But coinciding with Free Comic Book Day, it just happened to be the day that we launched our official organized club. Because we still wanted to do that... Um, the original idea of getting people together and being able to talk about the comics that we love and uh, sharing, you know, that, that love with each other. Just, just a big hour-long love fest every <laughs> Saturday at 4. <laughs> now we're going to get all kinds of people. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but so, yeah, it just, just so happened. I don't think it was necessarily planned that way. I don't remember, but... Uh, um, that we started and kicked off our first one of, uh, you know, on free comic book day. Yeah, the timing just worked out. Yeah, and uh, and Anthony here has been a customer since before day one uh, because he actually contacted us before we actually opened. Uh, heard, yeah. Heard that we were opening a store or something and uh, got a hold of us, told us that was a horrible idea. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> No, turn back now while you can. Uh, I was, That's pretty much the opposite of what actually happened. Yeah, I was at a comedy show in Milwaukee with a friend, and at that point I was buying my comics from Midtown Comics Online, and when you get them from there, you know, shipping speeds and everything, sometimes a second week of books would have been released before I got my previous weeks in the mail, and I was just having some trouble, you know, just I wanted to find a, a good local store I could trust and count on. And I was at that store, or at the comedy show, and uh, I was talking about comics, and this lady behind me in line said, oh, my friend has opened up a comic book store in West Bend. And I had not mentioned where I was from, and this was in Milwaukee, so, you know, it could have been 
could have came from Chicago, you know, if anything, to go see that show. And I, like, very eagerly got all the information. And as we're sitting there before the show was starting, I'm sitting there on my phone. I looked up the email and the Facebook page, and I drafted this, you know, novel to, you know, these guys that I had no idea who they were. But just saying, hey, uh, can you get these books? I got this. You know, I got a big list, and I'm a weekly and blah, blah, blah. And I just kind of went kind of crazy with it. And, uh, and yeah, it was quickly uh, a pretty smooth transition from you know, whatever you guys had pre-ordered for your initial inventory and then uh, adding all the extra titles that I got. And uh, it was a, a pretty quick transition that uh, worked really well. And it was great for you to get them because everybody wants their stuff right away, sure. But um, but you were doing another podcast on comics at the time. In fact, your co-host of that podcast, I think, actually contacted us before you well, we we were there, and like my message was probably a lot longer because we were both there at the same time, and you know we're both like sending that, and uh, I usually write novels when I couldn't just write a paragraph, and uh, so that's probably how you know he got in. But uh, but yeah, then you, you know, we opened the doors, you started coming in, and um, even though that uh, that uh, noon to five was like the club time, um, most of the time. Anthony was the one that was actually there for the all, the, the full club starting out in the meetings. <laughs> yeah, Anthony would actually come and he'd be there right away, uh, right away at noon, and he'd stay until we uh, until we kick people out of my basement. Um, Sometimes I stayed down there and you didn't even know it. I was just there for the next Wednesday. <laughs> and you thought you had mice. <laughs> um, so of course, when we decided to do uh, an official organized version of the club. Um, you know, I started working with Anthony and planning it out, and he had a lot of ideas, and he's really responsible for the format and the organization behind the club, both when it was just the club and, and now as, as the even more uh, organized podcast edition of the club. Yes, so you can be a part of the club now, too. <laughs> yes. Everybody yeah. can be part of the club, club. except Kurt. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I took the the outline and the formula of doing other podcasts and just like, well, this works, you know, why not gather a bunch of people and uh, do a segment. The big thing I thought about, at least for podcast listeners, when you go listen to a comic book podcast, you never know when someone's going to drop a spoiler on something because you could talk about Batman number 45 and, you know, you could talk about it for five minutes without actually spoiling anything and then somebody will just say something that happens and you're like oh well there was no warning i wish i would have known that so creating the format of uh taking the top of the show to talk about the club picks that we all kind of agree on you know picking events from marvel and dc and very soonly adding some alternate comics into that lineup and uh then i figured well you know it'd be fun to actually do a non-spoiler segment that other listeners can kind of jump to if they're not ready to you know, read the ones that we talk about. They can jump to, you know, minute 35 and then start hearing, you know, non-spoiler pitches from many different voices. So I went from talking about 20 books myself to be like, oh, it feels pretty good that, you know, other people can talk and bring things like that. <laughs> and, uh... Captain <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Right. Be um, new board, Scotty. Well, I'm not completely <laughs> I was just going to say. And that's our show, folks. <laughs> they beamed up my yeah. memory. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's where the format came from, and uh, okay, yeah. yeah, format non spoilers. That's what I was going to say. Um, the non spoiler part of of the club 
that that was the part that was great for uh, anybody that comes, whether it's uh, this regular group that we have sitting here today or um, other people that just pop in or want to visit, uh, you know, where anybody can bring their stuff. We, we get an idea beforehand what we're going to talk about, but a lot of times somebody will bring something to the table right there and just like, hey, I want to talk about this today. And so that that's a nice thing about it is that anybody can bring whatever they want to the table as long as they're not doing the spoilers, you know, yeah. you, you get a chance to say, hey, I read this book. I really like it. I think you guys should read it. And while there's probably books out there that we all read that, you know, aren't really to our taste, but I've listened to, you know, it, it seems to, you know, why waste so much time on, you know, talking about like, oh, this, this really sucks or I didn't really like that. And that's why I kind of bring it to the table being like, oh, out of the stack that we do read, you know, it can kind of inspire other people to kind of read that. And, you know, there are books that I read that, you know, aren't really up to par with the ones I do bring to the table, but... You know, you know we, and we don't typically bring something to the table for the purpose of like, hey, I read this, um, I really hated it, you guys should not buy this. Don't buy this one. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we don't do that just because we, we like to keep things fairly positive. Now, we have read stuff that we didn't really care about, but that's usually like club picks that just weren't what we thought they were going to be, metal. Metal. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and then some, some negative things might be said about it, or even stuff that we read you know we we might say you know the art was a little iffy in here but i really like the story or you know something like that uh but we try to keep things fairly positive um you know that way you know it's it's a, it's a more upbeat fun mm. fun club it's fun for for us to talk about the stuff it's fun for people to listen to maybe um <laughs> And it really does give people an opportunity then to hear what would be good to go out and buy. Because if you take a real negative approach, you're not helping people pick books out. You're only... <laughs> so we're not talking about the negative. No, no, granted, there's a lot of stuff that people at this table like that we, we just didn't bring. Because there's not enough time to talk about everything that we like. Otherwise, uh, well, I've An got Anthony's portion of it would go on for hours. Did yeah, <laughs> and we did that one. Yeah, that one, one episode yes. when everybody was snowed in in like March or whatever it was. And, yeah, yeah, and the, the all Anthony episode. So I'm just yeah. like, well, here's everything with me. I'll just start talking. But, <laughs> but yeah, so. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just summarize everything I read. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, pretty much kind of the style of the podcast, celebrating one year of uh, kind of collecting us together um, each and every Saturday at four o'clock at the store. And then, you know, it was what, summer, fall, I guess, let's just say 26 weeks ago, um, basically when we added the recording, just being, hey, if nobody can make it, they can listen and kind of get a feel for what it's like. Because, you know, if you just hear like, oh, okay, it could be very intimidating when you're like, oh, we're talking about all this comics. Like if people come to the table thinking that they're going to get judged or questioned or anything like that, you know, you get an idea of listening in and just being like, it's just people sharing the comics and hopefully more people will read them and even the the podcast form format there's not a lot of editing that goes into it um you know this isn't like some some podcasts are are um not necessarily scripted but there's a lot more to that format where it's like okay this is for entertainment purposes of you know doing this podcast that people are going to want to listen to 
we really do just, it's the club and we're recording it and that's what you're getting. Um, there's nothing really special going into it. We don't all put on our radio voices. Um, you know, what do you today mean? I'm talking about Action <laughs> Comics special number one. Um, but, uh, um, but really we just keep it, you know. It's funny you say that because the pre-recorded like you know opening is very radio voice. Yeah, it kind of it kind of is. Yeah, Crimson Go Comics and Collectibles. And now the news. Yes. Yeah, we we got a couple of things in there, but uh, <laughs> but it, generally it it's not so. Um, any other thoughts from around the table, just in the club itself, or anybody? just the any memories or? Yeah, fan, you know. Great, great memories, or want to tell people why you come to this thing, or yes. is there anything else? Because it's fun. I think the why. I, I, fun. It is fun to be able to talk about comics. It's it's a kind of special, you're not going to run into lots of people on the street that you can just sit down and talk about comics with. So it's really great to be able to get together and talk about something that really um, we all have a passion for. And, and granted, anytime the stores open, people can come in and talk comics. Um, and, and they do, and that's great. This is nice too, though, because you're, you're sitting down and specifically, that's your purpose. You're talking comics, you're talking about fun stuff like that. Uh, out in the store, we talk a little bit more too about TV and movies and <laughs> all kinds of stuff and save the comics for, for the club. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I love talking comics with you guys, but you guys are so kind and accepting and just really fun and it feels like comics are really accessible and like the first time I came to the club I was having absolutely like the worst day ever and I was like I'm a half hour late like things are so messed up and we I came in it was cool and it was fun and we got to talk about what we were reading and I this has been a rock for me in a really hard time when I desperately needed new friends and it has just grown into a passion and like I would say if someone is on the fence about trying it, like, please just come in because you will grow to be, like, really close and care about these people because everyone is just so kind and fun and accessible and no one cares about your education or where you work or your age or how long you've been reading comics. Like, there really is a place for everyone and that means a, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And I'm definitely not going to edit that out. So, that was... <laughs> So yeah, uh, after saying all that, like I said, normally the top of the show is uh, talking about uh, spoiler picks, which uh, we don't have any, but uh, coming out next week will be the Justice League No Justice number one, the four-issue miniseries, um, Doomsday Clock, which has been pushed back yet again, they said. Yeah, they're... Uh, so it the, was, next, the next two issues of it have been pressed, pushed like two-month gaps in between instead of every other month now there's two months so by the time we're through this it's going to have gone from it's going to take 12 months to it's going to be 24 months it's going to be like years yeah. yeah doomsday clock is definitely not on the clock yeah <laughs> yeah the clock's running a little behind and then you know at the marvel event we just talked about the last 16 weeks of the mm -hmm. avengers um yeah the non-event um <laughs> And we'll talk about in the previews in the news section, but uh, the Infinity Wars event kicks off, and uh, we kind of loosely talked about that possibly being the the pick, you know, because we're going to need something for Marvel, and we have the you know the DC thing, and then we'll be bringing in Alterna Comics uh, shortly as well. Uh, so we won't be talking any spoilers uh, this week, so we are just going to jump 
right into the non-spoilers without any uh, page breaks here. I'm going to start off with uh, DC Nation number zero. This was offered at the store for the customers for 25 cents, which includes three all-new stories. Uh, this is basically DC giving you a sampling uh, of what's to come in uh, in their books, whether they're events or not events. And uh, rather than being like, here are preview pages of like work that you'll buy later, this is actually preludes. Anyone else read this round the table? Okay. Yes. Um, so what it is, it's a prelude to Justice League No Justice, as well as the upcoming uh, Bat Batman and Catwoman wedding with a very dark Joker story. And then we have yet another little sampling of Brian Michael Bendis writing Superman, which leads into his upcoming Man of Steel series. So yeah, for 25 cents, this was an excellent book. You know, going into it, I was mostly excited for the Bendis Superman and then, you know, I guess going in reverse order how I said it, you know, Batman, Catwoman Wedding, and then Justice League No Justice. But each each of those was a nice little primer to to kind of show you what to expect for these upcoming uh, issues. And the fact that it was only 25 cents was a, a pretty awesome way cause to do that. You don't normally see that. Uh, like I said, normally it'll just be them saying, here are actual preview pages. Instead, they gave you brand new content that's not going to be in those upcoming series. Right, right. So yeah, I, I highly dug in. It got me, you know, with being mostly a Marvel guy, um, I was very excited to uh, dive into it for the summer of events starts now, according to DC Nation. So, And I think DC Nation is turning into what I think they said was like a monthly magazine that was going to be offered free. Um, almost like the, uh, what's the Marvel thing that they just had? The right, well, yeah, Where they did the one issue of the... They, they can't think of the title right now. Marvel Rising? No, the... It was like the... Well, they've got that, but but for um, for a long time, Marvel was putting out, aside from their Marvel previews, they were also putting out kind of this preview thing where it would have a couple pages of several stories. And Marvel was doing that for quite a few months. They had put that out... Um, I, I, it seems like they were doing that for almost as long as we've been in in business. They were they were doing that, but then every once in a while they'll put something else out, like the uh, um, was that Marvel Rising that they just had that. That was yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's that's what that one was. Yeah, sometimes they'll put something like that out in, in in place of it. I'm thinking it was like the Marvel Fanfare. It was something along that line. I forget what the actual title was. But right here in the back it says, The monthly free magazine that brings you inside info on the characters and creators of the DC Universe. Uh, pick up DC Nation number one free from your local retailer on June 6th. So I don't know if you guys have information on exactly what that is. It's a month out from now, but uh, in this first one it's talking about having interviews with Brian Bendis and Scott Snyder and just kind of showing a bunch of things. But uh, yeah, so DC Nation not only with this number zero it seems like it's going to be a kind of a we'll, we'll behind the scenes and, into uh, their company. Maybe, maybe next week we'll give a little bit more information on that. So, yep, highly enjoyed that. Then the next one up on the list. All right. Next up, we'll, we'll keep with DC. And uh, I brought Action Comics special number one to the table. Um, right now there's, there's a lot of this transitioning going on with the Superman books over at DC. Um, we're seeing a lot of, uh, the 
creative teams um, that have been on Action Comics and Superman, you know, they're they're trying to wrap up some of their things and get ready for the uh, the incoming teams. Um, and so there's Action Comics special, and I believe Superman special number one is coming. Uh, it's coming up pretty soon here. Um, but these are yet another way uh, for for these outgoing teams to kind of wrap some things up. And um, I really enjoyed this one, Action Comics Special Number One, um, because one thing that I just read is uh, Bendis. One thing that he's planning on staying away from as much as he can is Lex Luthor stories, um, because one thing he looked at is okay. What's been done in Superman? Because I don't want to just retread, um, you know, stuff that's that's that they've been doing for years and years and years. I want to do some new things, um, you know, focus on villains that, you know, might be existing villains but haven't been the the central Z focus right. for for a like Z-list villains, right? <laughs> and uh, and do something a little bit different as as well as introducing you know some new characters. Um, so but. He's, he didn't say he's just never going to have Lex Luthor, but he's putting Lex Luthor on the back burner, and that's, you know, um, he wants to focus on other areas, not having Lex Luthor being that central part of the, the Superman mythos during his run. Um, so a good thing about Action Comics special number one is Lex Luthor has been used a lot in the Superman books uh, since Rebirth, and this helps kind of tie up um, that Lex Luthor stuff. Um, so that's that's really nice, but you almost get uh, a feel of, uh, of Lex Luthor that's not just uh, the, the New 52 and Rebirth Luthor, but al almost that pre-New uh, 52 uh, version of Lex Luthor that we haven't really seen um, in a long time. Lex Luthor's been presented as a hero a lot lately um, even in Justice League he, he was in there for a little bit and so he's been presented as somewhat more of a hero than a villain and this one kind of brings it back around in a way that he's treated like a villain but it's left up to him like he's, he's given a choice on how to react to what happens in this book and he can choose whether or not to act heroically or be the villain. Um, so, so a great, uh, great wrap up, um, not just for the creative team, but also for Lex Luthor. All right. All right. Today, I want to talk about Star Wars: Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume Two. It's called Legacy's End. Uh, it is written by Charles Sewell with the art team are Giuseppe Camoncoli. Yeah, uh, sounds right. Yep, Danielle Orlandini and David Curiel. And so this is the second volume in the series. I wasn't really sure, like, after reading the first one, if I wanted to try it again, but it ended on a cliffhanger. I'm like, oh, well, now I just have to. <laughs> and this one did not disappoint. I really liked it, like, right off the bat. Um, so this is fairly soon after Revenge of the Sith. Darth Vader has only been Darth Vader for... A little bit, and he is hunting down all of the Jedi, particularly some high-value targets. And the person he's looking for in this book 
is Madame Jocasta Nu, the uh, head librarian and archivist for the former Jedi Temple. So uh, he's looking for her by order of the Emperor, and the Emperor says, no, I want her brought alive, like at all costs. And we also uh, start to see some of the Inquisitors who they had um, had in the Legends uh, era of the EU and now are bringing back in through like Star Wars Rebels and stuff. Uh, so they are Jedi who are not, you know, like trained in the Sith knowledge, but they're dark Jedi. They're going to the dark side. And uh, this character actually shows up later in Rebels, so you might have seen him there. And mm. he's a pretty brutal guy. Uh, so he also gets to fight Jocasta Nu. And, like, libraries are pretty epic in this series. So <laughs> it definitely takes it out of their element. And um, I don't know. I would say probably 13 and up. Um, it is pretty brutal. Uh, you don't necessarily see a lot of direct violence like on page, but it's there. Um, Darth Vader's not a nice guy, so parents and grandparents should, uh, you know, use their discretion. But I really liked it. This is the second Darth Vader series I've read. I've read the 2014 one um, by Kieran Gillen, and um, they're very different, but they're a lot of fun. I liked this a lot. So. And that one probably collects, what, issues 7 through... Uh, 7 through 12, 12 from 2017. Yeah, I've really been enjoying that series. It's one I get monthly, and it's kind of mm -hmm. cool to see that. And, you know, there's so much stuff that hasn't been covered. Uh, yeah. Jim had mentioned, you know, there's, we know a lot about Darth Vader. You know, there's like six movies about him, essentially. And uh, But when you dive into the comics, they're really just kind of filling in a lot of gaps. Yeah. And the art, I've really loved the yeah, art on this, this cover's series. this really cool. Mm -hmm. The past couple of right. cover artists look really nice. And currently, right now in the Darth Vader book, uh, they're dealing uh, with a lot on Mon Cala, yeah, if that's how you pronounce like it, with mm -hmm. uh, like Admiral Akbar mm -hmm. and the Mon Calamari and stuff, and uh, some really good stuff happening yeah. in that. So, and sorry, we couldn't show the pictures Katie showed because we don't yeah. have video here. And that's one reason you come to the club every <laughs> yeah. single Saturday, or pick up. Darth Vader Volume Two by that's placing right. your orders today, right? Right, right. Is that good enough radio? Yeah, that, that's great. Pitch that's great. Uh, granted, one of these times we should fool around with doing like a, a, a live feed <laughs> yeah, at the club. There we go. <laughs> uh. Okay, today I've got um, Death or Glory Number One from Image Comics. Uh, writer Rick Remender, artist Bengal, and uh, letterer Russ Wooten. Death and Glory is a story of a young girl who is. Uh, in a counterculture that lives off the grid and on the roads. And her stepfather character is um, in medical straits, and she needs to raise money and goes on a crime spree and runs up against both the law and organized crime. Okay. And it seems to be... I've been looking forward to this one being... Uh, an image pick for mine this month, and it le it lived up to the expectation. I'm glad I bought it. Good, good. Yeah, I was uh, sitting near you at the store today when you were going through it, and there's just some of your reactions. Yeah. It seemed um, like you rated very mature, much enjoyed definitely it. appropriately rated mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first page definitely lives up to the mature rating. So, <laughs> yeah, good. Well, I guess it's good then uh, that you. Brought it back here to do a lot of your reading because we had a <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good amount of kids in the, in the yeah, front yeah. Uh, at, at the store being Mommy, look what he's Maybe was that why that little girl was screaming at you earlier? <laughs> <laughs> Those two things might be related. 
I just got that face. Well, I wanted to bring this last week, but I wasn't here. But for all the old people like me who used to watch The Prisoner, anybody here at the table watch it? 1967 series. I I didn't. I'm familiar with what it is, but I've never actually watched it. The the basic concept of the original show was a secret agent, a British secret agent, was leaving his job. He was escaping from being a secret agent. (coughs) He didn't want any part of it anymore. And this mysterious group suddenly kidnaps him and takes him away to a place called The Village, where every week in the show what they would do is subject him to some psychological... um, trick to try to give get him to give up information like in one particular week they um, took him through various treatments to change which hand he used and um, to change various ways he did things and then they introduced a double of him who had the right hand and so everybody was telling him all the time well you're giving away that you're really the fake hoping to somehow get him to spill the information to prove that he's the real um, the real secret agent. He's only known as number six in the show, all through the show. Um, this particular book takes place then later. Um, at this point in time, when the, the original prisoner came out, you had no idea who was actually running the village. Was it British Secret Service trying to figure out if he was a traitor? Was it a foreign secret service trying to find out information from him? Um, in this one, we begin with people in British Secret Service realizing that the village is there. They now know that the village is there and that somehow it's use, it's gaining intelligence information and then selling it off to the highest bidder. Um, they still don't know where it is. They still don't know how to function. So this is the story of a British agent who pretends that he's going rogue and gets taken into the village. Wow. <laughs> is this the first time beyond the show that we've had stories about the prisoner, have they done other comics or novels? They actually did a comic adaptation of the original show. Jack Kirby actually did that. I mm. found out as I was reading this and looking up some other stuff that Jack Kirby actually did an original adaptation of the original show, um, which I'm going to have to go find now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it uh, it has the feel of the original show in a lot of ways, and so it was kind of neat to re-enter this world that I really haven't. Um, I have I have it all on disc, so I occasionally watch it, but okay. <laughs> haven't had anything new to follow in a while. So if you were a fan of the original Prisoner, here's a chance to return to the village, or <laughs> if you want to become a fan of, of the original, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you can start by ordering the Jack Kirby adaptation of the. <laughs> Um, book I really liked was in the upcoming Hunt for Wolverine series. We had Hunt for Wolverine number one of four, I believe, which was last week. And just because they can't get all that story in that one little series, they have to have a bunch of little spinoffs here. And I'm going to get all of them because that's what I do. And I am as well. (laughs) Yep. So we have uh, upcoming ones. We have Hunt for Wolverine, Adamantium Agenda, Claws of a Killer, and Mystery in Madripoor. This one we are talking about is Weapon Loss number one. This is basically what we saw in Hunt for Wolverine last week was... You know, Wolverine's body has been missing. It's been taken out of this uh, this statue uh, when he had died a couple years ago. Um, the body went missing, uh, but they had, you know, like... There, there's some other stuff which I don't want to dive too deep into, but basically everybody's looking for that missing body. 
And in that series, we saw like kind of Kitty Pride kind of heading the search by, you know, getting other people related to Wolverine kind of out on the, the hunt, if you will. And uh, one of those characters was Daredevil. And Daredevil kind of assembles his own team in this book. And as you, see, you can see on the cover, uh, you have Daredevil as well as uh, Misty Knight. There are some other characters, too, that are recruited throughout this, uh, which I'll leave for you to read. But as a little companion series to what's going on, of course, we won't really know how essential these pieces are to the, you know, to the main Hunt for Wolverine story. Like, if you can just read that by itself, we'll find out later. But I, I really like the talent that's on this, and this book was a, a, a pretty good companion piece. Charles Soule is writing the Hunt for Wolverine as well as this because he's the Daredevil writer as well. So it felt like a, it felt like a obvious choice for me that you know since I'm following Daredevil in his original series, that it was going. I'm to looking be forward to reading it. I read the first Weapons Lost. I haven't got to, or I mean the first the uh, Hunt, yeah, for, the Wolverine, Hunt for Wolverine, but I haven't got a chance to get to that one yet. But I'm looking forward to reading that as a. And and Charles Soule had been writing uh, the Inhumans and Daredevil uh, over the last several years. And you can see him bringing all of these kind of characters that he's like introduced, and like his own little like world that he's created in the you know the Hell's Kitchen, if you will. And it's fun to see some of those characters uh, now interact together, uh, kind of in their own little Defenders esque mm -hmm. team. So, but yeah, so if this is an example to uh, what they're releasing in the coming weeks for all those spinoffs, then uh, I think I'll be. Very much pleased. So, really enjoyed Weapon Lost. Weapon Lost number one. Okay. <clears throat> well, being that it is Free Comic Book Day, I thought it would be fitting to bring one of the free comic books to the table. Yes. And this one was from Alterna Comics. And not just anybody's going to have this. In in fact, um, Alterna, they always list all the uh, the the shops that carry their stuff they uh they put out a list of all the shops that were going to carry uh amazing age number zero their free comic book day free comic that was not a one of the free comic uh picks through diamond distribution um, but one that they did a kickstarter for and did on their own um and normally we're one of only four shops that carry alterna books in wisconsin uh, we're the only one that is uh, that had Amazing Age number zero. There we go for uh, Free Comic Book Day today. In fact, the only the only one that was even close was a shop in Illinois, mm. um, uh -huh. and there were like none really in this in this group of states right in this area. Um, a lot of them were East Coast, uh, a couple on the West Coast, and here and there in between. Um, so yeah, not a lot of places had Amazing Age uh, number zero, but um, you know, I, I I enjoyed Amazing Age. It was one of the, uh, it was actually one of the um, all ages books from Alterna. Um, typically, the all ages books from Alterna are really all ages. Like you know, they can be enjoyed, you know, at at really any age. Um, Perhaps like a one-year-old really wouldn't get much out of it, but uh, <laughs> probably tastes good. Stick it in yeah. their mouth. Newsprint, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, it's newsprinted. It's got like this taste that really flavor. taste the nostalgia. It's got, that, it's, it's got that newsprint flavor. Uh, <laughs> it's all on your tongue. <laughs> uh, so uh, 
Yeah, but I, I got a chance to, uh, it was a busy day, and I didn't quite even finish the book, but I read enough of it to really get a handle on what they did for, for number zero, and I won't give uh, spoilers away, but what I can tell you that this one's about um, is they take, before issue numbers, you know, number one, they take just a little bit before that, and then they also give you some of the things that happened during the first issue, but from different perspectives. Um, so if, I'm trying to find a way to describe this without giving anything away, but if you've read uh, any of the Amazing Age stuff, um, Amazing Age basically is about um, this, this character as a kid, he created a comic book um, and he uh, he lost somebody close to him and gave up on the comic. He gave up on uh, his his friends and whatever, and just his, his group of friends that he based these characters on. They all split apart, and then they're kind of reunited by these characters that he created. You know that they find that are real and living in this this alternate uh, dimension or, or or whatever. Um, well. In, uh, in number zero here, you're getting a lot of stuff from the first issue from the perspective of um, his characters that he created um, that are that are in that other other dimension or other other world. Um, so it's it there's there's a few things where it feels like um, yeah you're like okay I read that in the first one, but it's it's pretty brief so it's it's not just like you're reading um, number one <laughs> yeah. over again. Yeah. They they give you just enough to realize okay this is happening during number one but you're getting it from these other perspectives, mm -hmm. um, so yeah it's definitely uh, an interesting read, not necessarily something that you have to read if you've gotten the rest of the series but it's definitely um, a worthwhile companion to the series, especially when it's free here at yes, the Crimson Cowl. Free, uh, I think we still have plenty of them left. Um, as many as we've given away, we've got a, a good number left. So um, now probably anybody listening to this uh, won't be listening anymore today because we're not broadcasting this live. But uh, but hopefully, you know, plenty more people will come in, and we probably will have some left that uh, people, if they're interested, they can they can uh, come in for uh, as, as long as we've got a few left. And still free, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for the for the, the near future. <laughs> Until Daniel Warren Johnson comes in and signs them all, and even though he has nothing to do I'm with not them, sure why he would. But uh, well, he just but, comes but, in and signs any book, but, Willie. But Miller. maybe uh, Matthew David Smith, <laughs> Jeremy Massey, or Christine Brunson. Whoa, what? Should have him sign some other things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if Matthew David Smith comes in, he oh. he might sign some Doctor Who stuff for you. But... Oh, great! <laughs> Fantastic. That's very kind of him. Tardis or two. Well, speaking of Alterna Comics. All right, so I uh, want to talk about the Doppelganger series today. It's written mm, by. Good one. Yeah, it really is. It's written by Jordan Hurt and uh, art is by Emmanuel Javier. And this is issue three in a four limited series, and it's called The Best Laid Plans. And the premise of Doppelganger is a man uh, is in a car accident, and he goes home, and there's someone who looks just like him there. And uh, he finds out that this Doppelganger is an ancient spirit who um, jumps on to the personality of the first person he sees when the old one 
is done and that the original man whose name is Dennis uh, only has a few days to live now. And Dennis is a pretty mild-mannered, a little bit meek uh, guy. He's got a family and he works in IT. He doesn't really stick up for himself a lot at work even though he gets pushed around. And uh, now he's got to rise to the challenge and decide, do I want to live and try and do something about this doppelganger or am I going to give up? So in issue two, there's some drama at work where the doppelganger, who's much tougher than Dennis is, is, um, you know, kind of tattling on some co-workers who are doing bad things and have been giving Dennis a hard time, and he gets the promotion that Dennis works for, and Dennis decides, all right, I, I gotta go confront this guy, and it ended with a cliffhanger, so we're gonna find out what happens next, and does Dennis stand up to this man in issue three? Because there's a caveat. He went to work, and if there's two people, uh, two of the doppelgangers together, and someone sees them, that person dies, so... <laughs> uh, now we've now we got an office full of people how are we going to do it I don't know I'll let you know when I read issue 3 of Doppelganger and, oh I was just going to say sorry I'm really excited about this series I heard about it after listening it, uh, to the author speak about it on Alterna Comics Live they do a YouTube show on Tuesday nights mm, and that's uh, yes. really good and it prompted me to try it and it doesn't disappoint see at first I thought that was the official comic adaptation of the Electric Company oh yeah but you know <laughs> based yeah, on the cover Another one of those visuals that you got to be yeah. here for at the club. That's right. Yeah, I know. Um, some people, <laughs> you're missing it if you're not here. <laughs> some people had thought it was like a political parody because they thought the uh, kind of yeah. outlines looked a little bit like the president, but no, it has nothing to do with that at all. Yeah, it does. <laughs> does right. kind of look like. Yeah, that. if you gave him some some orange skin and hair. Yeah, a little more. But I'll, 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 although when you look at the head, 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 well, kind of, and but but then you look at the silhouettes on there too, yeah. and I mean they're colored in that way. So yeah, but it is not. It's a very good okay. read for anyone. So good, good, good. I should have said that uh, the prisoner is put out by Titan Comics too, because oh, okay. we don't often mention Titan Comics. So um, that is true. Um, next, I want to talk about Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man, Dynamite. Put this one out, number one. Um, being a Sherlockian. I'm going to read anything where they put Sherlock Holmes on <laughs> on the cover. Um, but actually, it's a it's a good presentation of Sherlock Holmes. If you're a person who's followed Sherlock Holmes, you will immediately appreciate the way they've um, presented the character. Though, artistically, it's interesting. I was, uh, when I first saw the cover, I thought we were going to get the uh, Basil Rathbone mm -hmm. look of yeah. Sherlock Holmes. But that's not what they have gone off in their own direction of portraying Sherlock Holmes, which was refreshing, I think, because most often I think when you see um, visual presentations, it's it's either Basil Rathbone now or um, Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and this is nothing like either one. And so it was, it was really interesting. It starts off with one case, and by the end of the book, you got three Sherlock oh, Holmes ooh. I was working on. So... If you like Sherlock Holmes, here's your chance. <laughs> New stories or... New stories. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask too. Yeah. So. I'm going to talk about Spider-Man number 240. This is Brian Michael Bendis' farewell to Miles Morales. Now, Bendis holds the record for being the one person who has written Spider-Man more than anybody. With 240 issues, that legacy numbering includes... The Ultimate Spider-Man with Peter Parker that went on for about 10 years and for the last uh, 8 or so, for 18 years total, he's been uh, telling stories uh, non-stop 
You know, I don't think they've ever missed like a deadline in a month. And and he says when you include like miniseries and certain things that he has written, you know, like over 300 stories, you know, that includes like the Spider-Man miniseries and the sequel to that and all the other things in between. But it all boils down to here with uh, Miles Morales, the uh, the current younger Spider-Man in a, in a Marvel universe where, you know, now he's shepherded in with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ultimate Universe itself, for the majority of its time, were separate. And thanks to Secret Wars, it kind of mended everything together. And I'm going to talk less about like what's going on with Miles and the story and talk more about how important this last issue is for Brian Bendis on his farewell from Marvel Comics. Uh, prior to this issue being written, and he had announced last November or so, that he was making the move to DC Comics, as we've been talking about with his uh, Action Comics and Superman titles coming up. And almost a week or so after announcing that, he was severely hospitalized. And in the month of December, he almost died about three times. This was a story that's all uh, captured in the back. There's two pages of him explaining this and talking about his his friends and family, uh, writers and artists that he's known and worked with uh, over the over the years and in the business, coming to him in his hospital room and visiting and just doing everything they could to uh, show their love for Brian Bendis when he was uh, having these uh, medical problems. And reading this and me like everything that Bendis says like tweets and he's on a podcast and writes like I'm devour most of what he uh, puts out there so knowing a lot about his entire um, health issues through December and January reading this issue is very reflective like this issue couldn't exist the story of this issue couldn't exist with all of that bad stuff hap- without all that bad stuff happening to him in December so he makes it a real personal uh, tale and he kind of throws that into a story for Miles and showing how important Miles' family and and friends and everybody is important to the character. And like I said, it, it's, it was just a monumental issue of storytelling that had, you know, some of the most heart. And while it, uh, you know, it's his farewell to Miles, he is uh, sending off the character into uh, other hands, which uh, we have yet to find out what uh, Miles' journey is going to be. But... Uh, Bendis has had talks with those people, and he's very excited to kind of be on the same page that we are as the reader to now find out because he's done telling Miles stories. And he did make a little joke how he tried to make a deal with DC to get Miles into the DC universe. They didn't think that, you know, they didn't really think that flew real well. So he tried, but uh, Spider-Man's going to stay with Marvel. And uh, But yeah, this issue is just one to remember, and uh, it just really shows the... The love for uh, the character as he's able to then use that experience from his own life and bring that into an excellent farewell story uh, for his run on Spider-Man. Now, one thing that I wondered is, uh, yeah, there was recently some joking uh, about Dan Slott leaving the <laughs> Spider-Man books and going yes. to Iron Man and taking the hyphen yes. with him. Um, yeah, I was kind of wondering if uh, if we would now see super hyphen man and isn't the new <laughs> superman have a hyphen the the, the chinese superman yeah, am i mistaken be, on that he's just separated I okay so there's yeah, no hyphen there super 
but maybe yeah. now with that hyphen that uh, he could be bringing. With yeah, him. May, maybe maybe <laughs> Bendis will actually take the hyphen with him. There we go, and the hyphen <laughs> will move to DC. <laughs> good, good. Uh, but yeah, it issue number two forty was a wild ride, and like, and I'll, I'll say this to add on to Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man when it started in two thousand. It was their way to tell a Peter Parker Spider-Man story in a modern world rather than having to deal with, you know, the 1960s continuity of, you know, decades of of stories. It was able to get a a fresh retelling while they would kind of tread some of the same kind of ideas, but they would, you know, do some different twists and turns to make it original. And uh, The Ultimate Spider-Man, I read most of those just in volumes. I think there's like 22 volumes of like six issues a piece, and I read that in record timing. My my single issue comic book reading record for a twenty four hour period is with this Ultimate Spider Man with thirty three issues in a row in one day. So that just kind of shows just how great he is uh, with telling Spider Man stories. So and, and he ends this with uh, the Will Smith uh, Spider Man also. Oh yes, yeah, and yeah, we see on the cover here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of the the uncle of Spider Man, uh, Aaron Davis, has been in this uh, mm-hmm. comic. Yeah, yeah, but it I, wasn't I, until sorry, right but, now when but, I realized. When, whenever I <laughs> see that, I look at that cover, and I don't know it. I haven't noticed that regularly it is, but in that particular picture, he looks very much like Will Smith. So yeah, that is true. I've never seen that. Like, I guess I just didn't click with me. But, but now, now when I reread it, it, yeah. <laughs> So excellent Spider Man. Uh, perceptions for him. <laughs> <laughs> ruined this book. I want to unread all of them now. Oh, so, so Will Smith's going from DC over to Marvel. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, I picked up this book because Katie talked about it in one of our preview sessions, oh, Coda, cool. um, from Boom Comics. Uh, it sounded really interesting and. It's really hard to give you an impression of what this book is about, other than to read one frame, and it doesn't really have any spoilers in it. Um, it's really, it starts talking about that this is after kind of a Dungeons and Dragons sort of age, and the age has passed, and it describes this way. The old world was beautiful and bright and crazy and brave. Mostly I hated it. <laughs> and then it ended. Latest in a long line of uh, unpronounceable dark lords finally did it. Fire in the sky, death on the elves, armies of shadow, blah, blah, blah. That last day when, well, you know you were there. And then no magic. No new magic. And we're all supposed to be miserable about that. (laughs) (laughs) But the guy who's the main character is a bard who's now living in this post magical age, um, trying to uh, save his wife, who's been kidnapped by dark forces, and um, and he does it in a hilarious <laughs> sort of way. So uh, it's just a great sort of, it, it is like a sword and sorcery sort of story, with no sorcery, uh, but, <laughs> but it has some really humorous elements that make it great. Yeah, I had recently uh, seen a description on this where it was basically described as this fantasy world um, post-apocalypse. That's right. You know, <laughs> and, and so that's kind of an interesting to think because when you think post-apocalyptic world, um, you, you think about like our world, like 
you know, mm-hmm. every, everybody's seen things that, that are supposed to be like this post-apocalyptic uh, thing. But we don't often think about some other type of world, like some fantasy. Yeah. You know, you don't think about like, okay, what would Lord of the Rings have been like after some, some apocalypse? apocalypse yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the main character is really great. And also his steed is really great. Mm-hmm. His pentacorn. And if you, for whatever way you think of pentacorn, you're wrong. <laughs> okay. So two things struck me about this right away. The cover is really thick and it just feels nice. Like, yeah. I spent good money on this. And then when I was doing just my flip through, because it's very tactile to go, woo. Uh, the first page caught my eye because it says, there are rats in my bowel. I, I feel them scamper. I'm like, okay, well, this is what we're in for. You've got me hooked. <laughs> that on page one. Been there. If you want to know what's happening with that, pick up the book. <laughs> yeah, I very much look forward to reading this. Yeah, yeah. That's not a sell. I don't know what is. So. As somebody who's been working on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign setting yeah. a little bit, I really look forward to reading Maybe this. Maybe you were the one who suggested I know one of you two was thinking about ordering it and you talked about it and it was like, yeah. wow, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> you talked about it and we both said we thought we were Well, you know what else sounds kind of cool? You are Deadpool. You are one. Deadpool. If... Yes. You are Deadpool? You really are you Deadpool in this game. Yes, you can be Deadpool in this choose your own adventure comic book. <laughs> on the original cover, there's a space to put your face here right on Deadpool's yep, body. Yeah, so. cut out a little. Yep. And it says um, if you're ready to have an adventure, turn the page. Want to play it safe? Buy one of these books like a scared cat, scaredy cat dweeb. Yeah, and they so. have an arrow pointing to what would be next on the rack. So um. every it's Deadpool in every sense of the word, but you get to choose. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's fun. Um, you gotta if if you like Deadpool at all, you gotta read. Yeah, this book wrecked my brain in the sense of the organization on how to actually structure a book like this. Like, because like a choose your own adventure novel, you say, "Oh, turn to page seventy-eight if you choose this adventure, and turn to page sixty to you know for this adventure." And for this one, it has you flipping back and forth through panels. Every panel yeah. is numbered. Go to panel whatever. Yeah, every panel is numbered, and you go to the panel that you're supposed to go to. And if he doesn't say to go to the panel, then you go to the next panel. <laughs> and let's say you're on panel 64, and you take an adventure, it could send you all the way back to 22 or so. Yeah. So. And this is this is the only this format could only exist with this character. With the- <laughs> And this is part of, a, I think, a five-issue weekly yeah. series. And I, uh, we both had different adventures yeah. when we read ours. Mine led me to need to play again. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to jump back into it. But, yeah, this was, this was a hoot. A very, uh, a very good uh, achievement to all the creators involved oh, it, just to assemble just, this. It's so much fun. And you have to keep, I didn't want to write in my book, so you have to keep track of certain things, like yep. which items you picked up. I and... did the same thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have an inventory of three different items, so if you see something on a panel, you can choose to pick it up, yep. and you can only carry three things. And just an example, uh, on the table, uh, he, there's a donut, there's a Ru- Rubik's Cube, <laughs> there's a copy of uh, a Wolverine comic, there's a Ninja Star knife, there's a, a, Metro, a Metro card, there's a teacup. <laughs> 
a yo-yo. There's a bunch of different things, but then, you know, as you go throughout the comic, there are different things that you can essentially pick up. Right. And, and, and one of the things in the comic is they mentioned a couple times, if you have a screwdriver, you can do this. <laughs> but I hadn't seen a screwdriver anywhere yeah. in the comic book. <laughs> yeah, so you're, you're going to get so much replay value. <laughs> Like, this could easily exist as just, like, a one-issue, like, oh, there's a fun little gimmick, but the fact that they have four more of these coming out, and replay value And they are crazy. tied together. Yes. So you will not only will be going back and forth between what's going on in that oh. book, but they're going to be taking you back and forth between books oh. as well. <laughs> I'm never going to escape the series, am I? <laughs> so, this... I, this is brilliant. It's a, yeah. You've got a year's worth of rereading just on five books. Sign me off. Insane. Yeah. It's quite the genius there. So that'll conclude the non-spoiler section. And now the news. As we record this, there's still a couple hours left for free comic book day 2018. And on this free comic book day at Crimson Cull, as David mentioned in the last segment, talking about Amazing Age number zero, there is uh, a plethora of other titles available on Silver Surfer's surfboard, a.k.a. Toomey, for all those that are hardcore Silver Surfer readers. Um, on that table, you know, you get to select your Amazing Age and then pick one other title from the board. And for every $5 spent, you got to choose another one of those titles. And I'm not going to really dive into the stories, and uh, but two of them that I was excited to pick up. Marvel uh, offered two titles, Amazing Spider-Man as well as The Avengers. Uh, the Avengers is basically a, a quick little prelude to what The Avengers number one that came out this past Wednesday. Uh, so that was a fun little taste. So for people that weren't buying Avengers... They would get this, you know, free comic if they selected it and find out, hey, Avengers number one is on the rack and then they can get more of that story. So I highly enjoyed uh, both of those, both uh, Avengers number one and the free comic book day one. Uh, but the one I was really excited for was the first taste of Spider-Man with the new creative team of Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Uh, the humor of Nick Spencer, which was, uh, he did uh, some Ant-Man comics uh, a couple years ago. Uh, while also doing the exact opposite when telling the Secret Empire Hydra Captain America story. Really shows the, the different uh, strengths that he has as a writer, and when hearing about him taking over as Spider-Man, it seemed like a, a pretty perfect pairing, and I think you get a good example of uh, how he can tell humor and action as it's being drawn out by Ryan Otley, who came off of uh, the Invincible title, which had a a long epic run. I can't confirm if he did all like 140 issues of that series, but uh, I know he's associated with Invincible and both of them together really give you a good taste of what to expect in Amazing Spider-Man, but also as a little bonus, you get basically a quick guide to everything that's been going on in the Infinity titles with the Infinity Countdown leading up to Infinity Wars. So there's a lot packed in uh, both of these titles from Marvel. Uh, they had a bunch of other titles for Free Comic Book Day, whether it be Power Rangers, DC Superhero Girls, a um, couple other things. Those are the ones I was excited to pick up there. But yeah, and and the the thing about this uh, Spider-Man one is with uh, you, you've got the guy responsible for Captain America's Hail Hydra moment. Yes, 
And Guy who well, received you, you, literal death threats and for you, you, you wouldn't think that he'd top that, but when he announces in here that Peter Parker actually killed Uncle Ben, I, it was, oh, this is <laughs> this not... Uh, Non-spoilers. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I highly enjoyed that. It was fun free comic book day seeing uh, you know, all of the regulars come in, seeing some new faces. It's always a good way to... You know, it's it's a national holiday that's been going on for I think over ten years now, maybe fifteen. Sixteen. Sixteen years. This is the sixteenth. Yes. And uh, so it's, it's always a good thing to uh, get people into stores and check out other things and uh, support local businesses at the same time. Uh, a lot of people come in with their their young children, and um, we a lot of times they'll apologize for their kids, and and, <laughs> and we we really don't mind people bringing their kids in here. Uh, we we like to get them hooked early. Um, <laughs> just have them bring your piggy banks. <laughs> First one's free. <laughs> I, I wasn't right. going to say that. Yeah, that's right. Kurt well, and I did have a moment earlier where we kind of were like, uh, we were doing, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, but it was one of those, uh, you know, we, we joke around as though we're drug dealers and this is, we're pushing. We're pushing these drugs, uh, except they comics. comics. And we we really had one of those moments, and I, I it's escaping me right now what actually was said that kicked it off. But it really felt like one of those. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we're getting young. We're we're really pushing this. Well, thing. when I was in here earlier, the 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 most humorous one I heard was uh, mom was getting some comics that her and her small daughter could read, and her daughter was looking at one thing and. She goes, well, that's a comic mommy reads, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, and it was good seeing that. Like when you see all the kids excited about it, walking out with books, and uh... yeah, it's it's like mom's steamy romance novel. But <laughs> well, I think they were looking Daniel at Daniel Seals the, writing comics. I think now? they were looking at the Lion Kitty uh, bubble. Oh, the <laughs> saga. Yeah, yeah, saga is not for children. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it's always good to see that and see the excitement and that the fact that Free Comic Book Day, um, which also was uh, relabeled for one specific group of Family Comic Book Day, as they said, which was pretty cool. And that's traditionally what we see, too, you know, families uh, coming in and checking out the books. The other funny moment, you know, now that you said that, was uh, we've got a table that we put all of our, our, our free stuff, promotional items and stuff like that. And, you know, we've got like a bunch of uh, game trade magazines and just stuff, stuff that we give, give away for free. And this one kid had actually put back his free comics that he selected. He put those back up on the board and he started grabbing like the stuff off the, the, the stuff <laughs> that we've got all the time that we just can't get. We've got so much yeah. of it. We can't give the stuff away. And he's, he put his comics back. And he's like, I'm going to take these for free. And his, and his dad is like, just one. Just one. And we're like, no, we're like, no take it off. Take it off. And, then, and, took comics and, and then we're like, it's, it's, it's free crap day. <laughs> just, take, just take all of our free crap. So FCBD has had many, many different definitions. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. He would have rather had just a regular um, free promo stuff that we, we get so much of it that we just we can't give it away. And uh, but yeah, he'd have rather had that stuff. 
Yeah, it's a great way too. you know, some other customers coming in just saying, you know, if they're uh, just kind of getting into comic books, I had someone this afternoon that uh, had a real honest and simple questioning about the numbering that like Marvel's been doing. And with me being like a big Marvel reader, I basically, you know, kind of came in the rundown and, you know, I'm happy to share that information. And it's fun to kind of, you know, just kind of get new readers on board and kind of spread the good word of comic books. Um, there, there's been a lot I've seen, uh, this year, um, going around, uh, particularly on Twitter, um, Gail Smolin was yes. one of the, the people that, that did it. They're, they're putting stuff up there, uh, reminding people or informing people of what, you know, goes on with the, the local comic shops, um, you know, and letting people know that, um, these the shops they're not free comics to them they actually have to pay for these books they pay the shipping for them and and even though it's not a lot it, it adds up you know um, because you want a good number of these books you get a lot of extra customers in some shops are really big so they they have to just order an insane number of these comics um, and they are paying for it and people will come in and they'll get impatient because there's long lines those days um, long lines, maybe they don't have the book that they wanted, um, or, or whatever. So, you know, some of these, these tweets and these posts are just reminding people that, Hey, you know, take it easy on, their, <laughs> on, on the people behind the counter and, and stuff like that. Just remember that they're doing this for you. They're putting all this money, this time, in some cases, some of these shops, um, you know, actually hire extra staff for those days and bring in extra people to, to, to help out. Um, and, uh, you know, so that there's a, there's a number of people out there that are very unappreciative of this. They just go in, they want the free stuff. They're still, still are going to complain about lines are going to complain about this and that. Um, so, so there's these, these tweets and posts, um, just saying, Hey, you know, please, Think about this. Think about these. What these shops are really doing for you. Take a moment. Support them. Um, don't just go in and get the free comics. You know, take this opportunity to look around, find something you want, buy it. You know, if there's something you know that that you've had your eye on or something that you're a fan of, take this opportunity to to come in and buy it. Um, and uh, I feel very fortunate that uh, this would be our second year uh, with. Uh, participating in free comic book day and um the uh the customers that we have are just great um our, our regular customers i brag about um them all the time we have just the best customers here well I but mean, even uh <laughs> hey, well mm, there are some <laughs> there are exceptions, exceptions. Uh, but but even the people that aren't regular customers that came in for their first time um you know, and maybe it's just uh, kind of the, just the people in this area. I don't know. Um, but even people that don't regularly come in here, that are new and never been in here before, there's there's been no complaining. And we've had some very busy moments today, um, but we've had nobody complaining and huffing because we've had long lines. Um, I think most people who have come in today... Um, got their free comics, but spent money and bought stuff. Um, we've had people that came in and said, you know what? 
I, I don't really care about the, the free comics, but I'll, you know, I'll buy the stuff that I want and spend money. And, and even though they could have taken the free stuff, they, they opted not to. Um, and, and that's fine too. Um, but you know, I've just got to say that, that we've been very fortunate because I've heard, I've heard some real horror stories, uh, from, from the mess that, that happens, you know, to, to, to some of these places on free comic book day. And, uh, for these last two years that we've been involved in it, um, it's, it's been great. Good, good. Um, we'll dive into part one of two of our previews uh, catalogs for the month of July, which is diving into the Marvel and the DC. And uh, so jumping into Marvel now, I did kind of bookmark some of this stuff here. Feel free to you know, shout out, interrupt, raise your hand to kind of interject if you have some thoughts. But uh, beginning of the catalog, there's usually a lot of like the new stuff for Marvel. So uh, Captain America number one is coming out. So new creative team. It's a number one. Feels like a great jump on point, don't you think? Um, but an awesome, uh, uh, beautiful uh, cover art here. Uh, what an Alex Ross cover it uh, probably appears to be. Yeah, wraparound cover is the main cover. Uh, so yeah, Captain America number one is coming out. So that'll be a good, good signal there. I already talked about The Amazing Spider-Man. They have issues number one and two. This is a brand new creative team uh, jumping in after, you know, the last writer has been hogging Spider-Man for about ten years. <laughs> and I say that from he's my favorite writer. But I am excited to uh, see him move on to other titles that we'll talk about and uh, to see the new creative team I'm looking forward to Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. I have a question about yes. Captain America. Is it going to be like a new story or continuing... Um, what they've been doing in um, like seven hundred one. My guess it's still a new story. Okay. Like it doesn't, it won't reboot any continuity at all. Sure. Which was one of the questions I had earlier at the yeah. store. Um, but yeah, so it'll it's a new creative team. Uh, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who has been uh, kind of known for writing uh, Black Panther yeah. as of late, uh, is taking over too. Captain America here, I and then how you pronounce that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Lionel Francis Yu is the artist. It, it, it is Ta-Nehisi we, Coates. That one I do know. That one you know. Okay. Yeah, I hear a lot of these names. That, that's podcasts. a tough one. It's the easier ones that we really struggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might know. Um, for the Amazing Spider-Man, so they in their previews yes. they're showing the Guardians. Are they going to be a regular feature in that? Well, that so would be interesting. Avengers, yeah, it looks like they're uh, Nick Spencer's like X-Men. I'm writing everything. I'm oh, just nice. I'm not just going to write Spider-Man. Looks I'm going like to put everything. Avengers, the X-Men, the Guardians. I don't see Silver Surfer, so well, I'm going like to take the Cyclops. Looks like those pages. It was more the book kind of opens up okay. with him in the middle of a battle right. oh, that God. involved a lot of different people, but it's eventually then. Yeah, I, I would imagine it will primarily be a Spider-Man solo. Yeah. Uh, book spider-man and solo like star wars and marvels crossing yeah, over yes. oh, okay yeah. well you know <laughs> it'll happen eventually i saw that picture of darth vader wielding the infinity gauntlet that's yeah. on like t-shirts and stuff so. <laughs> um the life of captain marvel number one of five captain marvel who uh, is going to be extremely popular uh, popular come next march uh, she gets a brand new movie, Brie Larson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So in the next year, I guarantee you we're probably going to see a lot of Captain Marvel titles. But this is really diving into her uh, origin story. This is going to be um, the definitive origin of Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers' version. Um, I'm very excited for this. I've been reading her for, you know, 2012, I think, is when her mantle took over. And I've been reading it ever since. And... Uh, 
her book's been kind of on hiatus as they've been doing, you know, the Infinity Countdown stories and she's been, you know, trapped outside of, you know, and yeah. several times now she's gotten the shaft uh, while there's been big Marvel on events. Starbase Alpha. Yeah, the Alpha Flight. Like, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm excited here to uh, jump back into some more Captain Marvel as we get into this upcoming year of anticipation for her film. Yeah, and I don't know what um, yes. they're going going to do with um, the origin and stuff. Um, I got the impression that this is going to be one of those everything you thought you knew yeah. was wrong kind of. Kind of their time to but, kind of uh, redo some things, touch it up in a way. what extent they're really going to play with the origin, I don't know. Uh, for people that have been reading the uh, last Thanos book, uh, they met the Cosmic Ghost Rider, which has the identity of Frank Castle. I'm looking forward to this one. Not, and I haven't even read the, yeah, the, the Thanos, Thanos one. pieces, but yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> you gotta go with that. Yeah. This... So if you like Deadpool, if you like The Punisher, or if you like Ghost Rider, anyone all there. Threes, <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, because he has, yeah, he has the personality of a Deadpool. Uh, this is Cosmic Ghost Rider number one of five miniseries there. Donnie Cates wrote him in that Thanos story. And um, I don't normally read Ghost Rider. I don't normally get excited. Having read him in that Thanos book, I was super excited when I heard they announced that oh, series. It's a dead Punisher Ghost Rider in space. <laughs> what more do you need in space, yeah. in space. I said that he earlier. Mentioned earlier today that everything is better when you add in space. In space. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, X twenty three is getting a reboot on her series. She's been the all new Wolverine for the last couple years, and she uh, seems to be uh, retaking the X twenty three. Laura Kinney is going to be uh, back in action here. And I didn't read any synopsis. I know I'm buying it to begin with. I just hope that her clone Gabby. Uh, A.K.A. Say, Honey Badger. Is Gabby and Jonathan going to be? <laughs> well, they are. I was wondering that, too. Yeah, I, I did see yeah. something where they, they will be... Uh, okay, yep, the they do say well. it in here. Okay, and good. Jonathan the Wolverine. I wasn't sure if she was just going to you know tag team in Deadpool's book or something, which would be fine as well. But but we, we assume she's giving up the Wolverine identity uh, because Wolverine is now Wolverine. We're hunting yeah. for him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't want to be hunted. That's right. I'm not Wolverine. We have Death of the Inhumans, number one of five. We haven't had an Inhumans comic for maybe like almost a full year now after their Inhumans versus X Men story that they had. And uh, now we're getting the Death of the Inhumans, which, you know, before that we had the Death of X, you know. So getting a lot of death with all these mutant and inhuman characters. Uh, but also written by Donny Cates here, Ariel Olivetti. Olivetti is the artist. But uh, I'm excited to see, you know, where we're sitting with the royal family as we last saw them in space um, in the Royals miniseries. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to dive in and kind of see what's happening. Ooh, and I just happened to look a very uh, disgruntled, angry lockjaw. Normally he's a big, friendly, happy-go-lucky dog, but Slobbery little dog. Yeah, but in this one he's looking like he's uh, he's on a mission here. He's it's a little angry. He's um, got rabies. <laughs> we space had rabies. Space rabies. <laughs> um, rabies in space. <laughs> we had, I think, some of the readers around the table very excited uh, with the X Men Grand Design. Um, they're doing another batch of those, another two uh, issues. 
which is basically taking decades of the X-Men, cramming them into a consolidated, you know, oversized uh, comic, and uh, really giving that old, like, paper feel and everything and the art feel. The, and the first two issues covered the original team. Okay. And, and their years. Um, so I, I think what this is doing is this is picking up with the all-new, all-different... Yeah, uh, um, team of X Men, Wolverine, Thunderbird, Colossus, Storm, and Sunfire suit up. So that's when first team was captured, and they had to come on board to get them out. So yeah, this one I know was a pretty popular. Like I know I myself didn't get it like a pre order, and when I saw it in person, I'm like, okay, you got to send in some reorders for this. So um, it was another hot item off the shelf. So if you're interested. It's only two issues. A pre-order is pretty. And that uh, is one that we ended up pre-ordering for a few people. So, um, when so yeah, a couple extra printings. If, and... if you are interested, you know, make sure you put in your pre-orders. If you're somebody who ended up having to get the reorders on them, remember, you know, you don't want to miss your chance uh, to to get it uh, while it is new on the rack. Yeah, and this was something that I you know normally would say, and it's kind of implied too, but with these previews, these are all things that are coming out in July, and you can go through the catalogs here at the store, you can hear what we're saying and recommending on the podcast, go on the Facebook page, you'll see some highlights with the art, um, all those ways you can just send messages, show up in the store, uh, do whatever you need to to say, yes, I want that issue, it'll be ordered extra for you, reserved, set aside. And uh, that way you never have to fear about it selling out on uh, New Comic Book Day, which is different than Free Comic Book Day. They're two different things. Yeah, they're things. much different. Um, new Comic Book Day is every Wednesday. Free Comic Book Day is not every Wednesday. Yes. Not that anybody would ever slip up and make oh, no. a mistake of that. So. Especially if they're being filmed for some sort of uh, business of the month promotional yeah. thing for the city of West Bend. <laughs> it almost sounds like somebody has the way we set that up um infinity wars prime number one uh we had discussed that hey maybe this should be a pick that we do um so i think coming up in july uh this will kick off you know they'll have infinity wars prime one and then the next month infinity wars number one uh but i believe it'll all start here to kind of get yep. your first taste so if you're interested in that we'll do that as a club pick and as we recently have been saying too not if you're not committed to being like, well, why am I going to dive into something that I haven't been reading or not interested in reading? You know, you're not obligated to have to purchase the picks, but hey, you're coming to the table. You hear a lot of people talking spoilers for them. It may kind of turn you around and be inspired and be like, all right, you know, I'll jump on. So um, if you're not already in the bag for it, uh, hopefully the uh, spoiler discussion and the excitement that comes from reading these stories can hopefully... Uh, and also, the the club picks tend to be things that are reshaping that comic universe. So Infinity Wars is obviously going to reshape the, it's gonna be the Marvel universe. And so we try to, I think, mostly pick things that have that big impact, at least on Marvel and DC, um, to uh, um, keep people appraised of how the, that world is changing. Um, and if you're a reader that uh, hasn't been reading any of the things leading up to um, this, um, and you're like, well, I don't want to have to go back and, and re read all this or order it or have you guys reorder it for me, whatever, which, of course, we are happy to do. Um, but by all means, you can always come in here and ask, and, hey, what is, what is this? What's going on? What do I need to know about? And uh, we'll be happy to help you out. We've always got somebody like Anthony here who's... Uh, 
Um, pretty, pretty available. Um, yeah, last summer we had someone that came in with a Guardians of the Galaxy movie t-shirt, said that was the first time uh, he was in a comic book store, and it was like, where do I start? And I'm like, all right, there's three different points with the Guardians you can start. You can start with the more current stuff that happened with the movie. You can start with stuff in the uh, 2008 that inspired the movie. Or you can start way back way in back. the 60s, <laughs> late, you know, early 70s. And uh, we found a jump-on point for him. And uh, he ordered up a trade. He came in. He read one issue. He came back in. He literally just asked me some questions, what was going on with Thanos in that story. I gave him a little background info. He was excited. He went back in, you know, read it up and ordered the second volume. So it's things like that, you know, he just jumped into, you know, a, a pre-established, you know, cosmic universe that can be very confusing that it's not directly, you know, what you see in the movies. They'll obviously change things up. So that's always, uh, always ask questions and uh, hopefully we'll be able to find some answers. I'm afraid I slip off. Okay. But I did, that... you were just about to get to one thing that I'm really excited about. They're reprinting yes. a bunch of Fantastic Four early issues for a buck a piece. Yes. If you don't get in on that, I think I, <laughs> I ordered all. <laughs> I ordered, yeah, the, the Galactus one, which is the first appearance of Silver Surfer. While I have the original issue, I think I ordered like two or three copies of that dollar just because they're good copies to always have on hand, good borrow oh. copies. and. Oh. But I mean, I think it's really neat that in anticipation of re-starting um, the Fantastic Four as a as a comic, they're giving people a chance at a really reasonable price to pick up some older stuff and get a feel for the Fantastic Four again. I think that was just a really neat. Yeah, there's a dozen choices here, all for a dollar piece, like he said, and uh, yeah, the True Believers uh, label that you'll see on yeah. some of the comic shelves. Yeah, so. so. Don't miss that. Well, I've been okay. It's been fun again. Thank you. Enjoy Infinity War. I will. I'm going to Um, That was the first 50 pages. Anyone have anything flagged before that, before we move on? I just had a couple more towards the back of the Marvel preview. But, you know, if I ever skip over anything, feel free to just interrupt and say, hey, I want to talk more about this. I kind of, you know, do it in a, a hyper fashion just to kind of get through the basics and, you know, stay in in the recording time here. We talked a little bit about it last week, but um, uh, actually on the list for ordering is the Marvel Risings, Squirrel Girl, and Ms. Marvel number one. Yes. Yeah, it's the double, uh, it says double the adventure, double the danger, double the fun. Um, I'm excited to uh, read more of that Marvel Rising. It was a, a really good jump start to that little series that they're doing. Uh, they have a very classified title in the X-Men books, X-Classified Number 1. Uh, these are one of those books. It's, it is a standard comic, a three ninety nine. Um, they don't even tell you who's writing. They don't tell you who's drawing. They don't tell you the, who's the cover by. They do tell you that, uh, J. Scott Campbell is apparently doing tons of variant covers, as well as a variant by Scotty Young. Um. We don't even know what color the team's gonna be. Exactly. <laughs> And well, is it actually going to be excellent? <laughs> I have no Pretty clue. Guess, yeah, yeah. I got no clue what they're planning to do here, but I ordered up a copy because I'm kind of excited at this. Or we'll we'll find out as it, it gets is closer. It's going to be a continuing series. They don't even tell you that. Yeah, you know, who knows if it's a one shot for this. Um, what I would really like, and obviously it's not good for them because they want to sell comics, eventually leading up to it, we'll know what this title is. But upon two months out, it's obviously protecting some possible spoilers in the other X-Men books. I would love if they did 
just simply put this in a black poly bag or something and didn't tell you like it was like a grab bag, I would still get it. And then you open it up and it's <laughs> X-Men Fuchsia number one. There we go. <laughs> X-Men surprise. So uh, that's happening. Uh, X classified. So we can't talk any more about that. Yeah, yeah. On the page before that one, um, there's one that I want to order solely for the cover. Yes. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 33. It's... um. This guy sitting at his desk uh, with all these figurines on, he's at his computer, and in the window behind him, there's an animated devil dinosaur and moon girl waving high, and I like that they merged a picture with a drawing, and I've never read that series, but the cover is super cool, so I want it. That guy is known as Agent M, Ryan Panagos. He is is a a Marvel guy. He works uh, in the offices and everything, and speaking of real-life photos of him on that cover, uh, here's me and him. On the cover. Now I just have to Photoshop uh, Moon Girl and (laughs) Devil Dinosaur behind us. But um, he's always on the floors of C2E2 doing a bunch of stuff, hosting panels, hosting YouTube shows. uh, And I'm excited to uh, eventually get that comic signed by him because that is a brilliant cover. I am super excited for what I see Katie had bookmarked as well. Star Wars number 50. Yeah, um, so we have two covers. One is uh, Darth Vader uh, from a black background, and the only light is from his red lightsaber. And then the other cover um, is Princess Leia, kind of in front of a blue background, looking into the distance very serenely. And in her cape, we see um, kind of like the blueprints for a bunch of uh, different spaceships. So it's Star Wars number 50, written by Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. Yeah, Salvador does the uh, cover for that Leia one, which immediately drew my, like, that is an awesome cover oh it's gorgeous and then uh you got the awesome david marquez doing the darth vader one but yeah so the 50th issue for this uh current uh series it's teased as in this issue hope dies the most epic story yet done in a star wars comic begins here prepare to witness the empire truly strike back for 3.99 and they've been telling the stories uh currently i'm not sure where they're jumping to in this particular one without reading into it too much but they are in the gap of episode four and five. That's what they've been telling in this current main Star Wars title. But yeah, that uh, cover was one that caught my attention. Um, to some kid adventures. There's superhero adventures on page 95. As we see Marvel superhero adventures, Miss Marvel and the teleporting dog, a.k.a. Lockjaw of the Inhumans, number one. Now in Miss Marvel's series, um, she's an Inhuman, Lockjaw's an Inhuman, and she actually took... Uh, ownership of him for a while in her book and i was excited to see them uh, reunite in this uh kid-centric adventures uh, you talked about a superhero adventures recently um yes and... very very um very you all ages you know yeah absolutely it was a spider-man and uh black panther story and and we see spider-man swings into this story with kamala khan and lockjaw but uh I uh, I was particularly excited because not only Kamala Khan, I think this is her first superhero adventure adaptation, but to see the combination of uh, my favorite teleporting pup, a.k.a. Lockjaw. And then in the back of the book, they have a bunch of like statues and figures and stuff for pre-order. Now, the one thing I want to go nuts over, which she's about to turn over, just so we know where we're at here, on page 101... My favorite comic book of all time is finally being collected in an omnibus, Silver Surfer by Dan Slott, Mike Allred, and art, uh, colorist Laura Allred. 
This is collecting all of the material volume uh, issues 1 through 14, as well as issues 1 through 15. It had two number one renumberings in their uh, run for the ongoing story, as well as the material from All New Mar Marvel Point One, which kicked off the story of Silver Surfer, a cosmic hero, meeting up with the uh, Earth Girl, Dawn Greenwood. To give you a, a tease on the opening page of this uh, awesome 688-page oh, story oh, wow. in this omnibus for $75 hardcover, Dawn Greenwood, as a little girl, thinks she was age 8, she made a wish upon a shooting star in the sky. She wished that the star would never fall so that it would keep going, that everybody could keep making a wish. Well, we zoom in on that uh, oh. shooting star, and that shooting star was the Silver Surfer looking for a world for his master Galactus to devour, which was a story back in the 60s. And this is when Silver Surfer, you know, was working with the bad guy and uh, basically, uh, you know, saw Earth and being like, well, there's a lot of life on Earth. It reminded him of his Earth and, or his, uh, where he came from. And uh, he decided to uh, try to stop Galactus from going there and kind of actually uh, united with the Fantastic Four to eventually, you know, prevent Galactus from destroying Earth. But this story was so cool to see that origin told from an eight-year-old's point of view of being like, hey, there's a shooting star. No, that's Silver Surfer, and he literally was trying to maim Earth. And uh, But it's a whole cosmic story in which uh, these two are uh, tied together in a very unique way. This is the long game of a comic that things that he set up in uh, 2014 didn't pay off until uh, at the end of 2017 that things that he put in that first issue was literally planned. Like, they got to tell their full story. This made the Silver Surfer retroactively my favorite character in comic books as I went back and I bought every single single issue of his books uh, since 1968 to current. And then now this will be the third time I'm buying it through, you know, regular print, through uh, trade paperbacks and digitals, and now in a hardcover format. So this is the one thing I didn't think was going to exist because, you know, it didn't have, like, big, you know, record-selling audiences. Um, the book, you know, essentially was, quote-unquote, canceled. They did tell their full story. They accomplished every beat that they had meant to tell, and it was actually an Eisner awarding. Uh, hold on. This is the part of the podcast where my Eisner words start Award. to get crazy. The Eisner Award-winning uh, series. So if you want to check that out, you can buy it all in one swoop with that hardcover. Uh, more Ant-Man stuff happening as we gear up uh, this month is for July is going to be the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then also in June, coming out on Free Forum, is Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. So on page 127, there's a Cloak and Dagger trade paperback uh, collecting some classic stories. So if you're unfamiliar with uh, the characters in that upcoming television program, they are going to make it easy for you to catch up on some classic stories. Couple flips back on page 118. Um, coming for August, there's the Lockjaw trade paperback yes. called Who's a Good Boy? <laughs> which I'm excited about because I just saw it. Uh, it was a single issue, but I read it after it was recommended a couple of months back, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm excited to see that there's two more. Um, and Lockjaw is going to visit his long lost litter mates, and we're going to learn more about him and um, 
where he is going and yeah i'm excited for it so. yeah issue three just came out uh i think it was this week or the week before and this book just includes characters that you never think would be included yeah. in such a book and it's really fun and uh yeah highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah it's a pretty good price to collect all those there so that's all i had from marvel anyone else before we close that up and then I will uh, jump into the brand new DC Previews catalog, which is similar to the Marvel size one, where they've uh, detached themselves from the giant Previews catalog, which we'll cover uh, next week on the podcast to uh, go through all the independent publishers. But kicking off, we're leading into Batman 50 and 51. If you're looking into uh, the wedding issues, we are getting those stories right there. Uh, branching out of that, we are getting Catwoman number one. I was excited Joelle Jones will be doing the writing and the art. Um, because I know I'm buying this one. I didn't read like synopsis on like where it's all taking place, but I know I'm already in the bag for it. But I know it's been a while since Catwoman's had her own title. I know that uh, this will make uh, uh, at least one little boy really happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not talking about me, but you're talking yeah. about yeah somebody. In yeah, the, the boy that was actually in here one day and. <laughs> Of all the things that he could have asked for, he was looking for Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's something that DC Beach Blanket Bad Guys Special Number 1. Not quite yes. sure what's happening yeah. there, but it's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is the moment I've been waiting for. Brian Michael Bendis uh, kicking off with Superman Number 1 and Action Comics 1000, comma, 1. <laughs> that, that comma threw me off. It looks weird. Wait, it yeah, there's a cut. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, it just looks weird. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's meant to be there, but when you see action comics and then you see a comma in a in well, a numeric, yes. Well, I'll I'll say that like some people use the commas when they get into the thousands, and some people don't. Yeah, I've always been a fan of the comma. Um, I prefer to do it. Um, and I homeschool two of my three kids, mm -hmm. and when it comes to math, I I I do the math with one of them. And uh, whenever Ethan does math, um, I always like tell him you should have a comma in there. I don't, I don't force it because I know it's acceptable. So is this um, going to be like? Um, but but I will say like the trunk that situation. Even though I'm a fan of the comma, I will say in the numbering for the comics, yeah. it doesn't look right. It looks weird. Yeah, but I still pre-order it because I'm excited. But yeah, if you want to get on the ground floor for that, for the next era of Superman, it all happens in July. Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order. Justice League number one is happening. Um, James Tinney in the fourth, who has jumped from Detective Comics over dark. to here. Uh, yes, you are right. Okay, yep. Justice League Dark. Because yeah, Justice League is done by Scott Snyder, which I think is happening too, or just was in the June previews. But yeah, I don't know why I completely ignore because these are there's their spotlights are in the beginning and then it goes to the regular titles beyond that. So yeah, I mean I literally read that, but I didn't read the dark on there. So but yeah, uh, but yeah, Justice League uh, Dark and Justice League Odyssey are some brand new number ones happening. Um, Anybody remembers the old the last Justice League Dark? The only character coming through is Swamp Thing from that one. He's going to be in this one here? Yes. Oh, damn, he is in the cover. I guess I'm going to have to go back into my list and order that. See, it was one of those where I'm like, yeah, I don't need it, and I failed to look that. Man, did I just League. miss that page completely? And for Justice League Odyssey, um, is a brand new team, and one I'm going to look into because one of my favorite new characters, Jessica Cruz, is going to be on that one okay. as a Green Lantern. Cool. 
Um, I didn't have anything up until page 45, so anything in those uh, in the next several pages there. In the, um, yeah. Just not that I'm necessarily going to read it, but an interesting um, Injustice versus He-Man and the Universe. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, in, uh, in fact, I, we had uh, one, one person ask us about that before we even knew it was a thing. Um, because he ca caught it on Twitter when it was first announced that it was going to be a thing, and we're like, uh, I don't think that's a thing. And then we had to do a little research and go, okay, yeah, it's, it's a thing coming up here pretty quick, and now it's in the previews. So, um, Speaking of Swamp Thing showing up on covers, I am buying my first issue of Scooby-Doo Team-Up number 40 because <laughs> Swamp Thing is meeting up with the Scooby Gang. An urgent call for help brings the mystery machine racing to the uh, Louisiana bayou to tangle with a zombie problem, but the investigation turns out more than expected when the gang comes face-to-face -face with Mossy Face... What? Oh, face to Mossy Face. Okay. Um, come, I thought they were just calling him Mossy Face. I'm like, that's yeah, a, he's got a new name now. <laughs> um, yeah, so face to Mossy Face. That's a weird word to say together. With the Bayou's horrifying hero, Swamp Thing. The only problem is, Swamp Thing may not be the only monster in the swamp. Rut row. I so. can't wait until they unmask Swamp Thing. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> Old the Man Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you meddling kids in the swamp. So yeah, I'm guessing I'm buying at least one issue of Scooby-Doo Team-Up so I can get that Swamp Thing crossover. Um, I do want to mention that the latest adventure of Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Roman numeral 2, is being collected in hardcover. I've This is the third time around because they did, you know, there's the second volume of the comic version of Batman and the Turtles. They did a version where Batman the Animated Series met with the Nickelodeon team, I think right. it was. Uh, that was excellent. So they've done three rounds of Batman and the Turtles. This is the sequel to the comic version, which is uh, collected in hardcover. And it's gorgeous art, great story. It, it seems so perfect that these characters blend together. Like it, It's a crazy concept to see you know, Batman dealing with all the turtles and their kind of comedy and pizza and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's it's fitting. It's so, so good. Uh, but yeah, those are just some of the highlights I had in DC. Anyone else? Um, for the people who have been a fan of the Black Lightning TV show, yes. Black Lightning, I believe, has also gotten his own sh book. But he's also going to be um, become a member of the new team in... The Detective Comics book. Oh, well, I guess I'll be reading that because I haven't read any Black Lightning. I hadn't seen the show at all, and uh, I'm now excited. That would be my For those who have been following Detective Comics, um, Batman and Batwoman seem to have gone their own ways, and now they're putting together a new team for that book involving Black Lightning and um, what else? Uh, the Signal and Cassandra Kane are going to be part of that team. I assume we have a new creative team because of James Tinian jumping over to Justice League Dark. Brian Hill and art by Philippe Briones. Okay. Okay. Well, it makes sense because uh, um, De Detective Comics was going to be kind of a Bat Family um, title. And it started off that way and it didn't seem to take very long before they started kind of breaking up the team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first with uh, Tim Drake... Um, disappearing, they thought he was dead. Turns out he was captured by, um, uh, Mr. Oz. Yeah, by by Mr. Oz. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then, uh, so he was the first one gone. Um, then later on, they started spoiler, having other spoiler things. Spoiler had her differences and left. And um, had some we, clay face. Clay, clay face. Then, you know, some left stuff. permanently. And then uh, Batwoman. So, I mean, it was really just a series of falling apart. Um, so apparently, yeah, they're, they're keeping with that. With They're going to keep it as kind of this... Uh, Batman team thing. Interestingly, uh, with uh, uh, Black Lightning being part of this, is that uh, I think a lot of people have wondered um, in the Dark Knight, uh, in, in the Metal book, The Outsiders was mentioned. Mm. And uh, so that was always this team that Batman put together initially because he had left the Justice League and wanted to do things differently and form The Outsiders. Uh, Black Lightning um, was a lot of times a member of that team. And um, so the t this team was mentioned in uh, in Metal. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, we're going to get a new Outsiders. But that still hasn't happened. And I don't think the Outsiders have really been used in anything. So it's really kind of left that uh, kind of this sort of unanswered question about who are the Outsiders in this you know, version of the DC universe and when are we going to see or hear from them again? So um, I find it interesting that Whether one of those people that you think might have been one of them is now part of this new uh, uh, team in Detective Comics. Whether they call this team the Outsiders or not, um, one of the other members of that team was um, Katana. Yes. And this picture, while only showing a part of her, does appear to be Katana. In her traditional Japanese armor. Okay. So uh, there's quite a bit happening in Detective Comics. Then. Um, anything else for the remainder of the DC catalog from anybody? And, and as a reminder, you know, for anyone checking them out, you know, all you got to do is uh, flip through the catalog. If you hear something interesting... Just tell us, I want that comic book, and then you can be signed up for it. If you subscribe to a certain amount of titles, you'll qualify for uh, uh, different tiers of discounts for uh, loyalty subscribers, and uh, all your books will be uh, ordered extra, reserved, set aside for you for uh, your next convenience in coming in. So it's definitely important to pre-order because, you know, even some of the stuff that we talked about here, there's a chance that... Some of this stuff may not even be ordered regularly for the shelf. Like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Scooby-Doo team up. I think Apocalypse, is that on the shelf? Um, that has been, and I'm trying to think because, that was cool. you know, as things aren't selling uh, real well off, off the shelf, we'll do the, uh, the pre-ordered stuff, but then we'll maybe not have it. Or we'll only have a copy or two of something on the rack. So, um, so the chances are that that might disappear because somebody didn't pre-order it. They come in and they're the first person to grab it off the rack. That was the only copy that we had on the rack. Or it wasn't selling enough and we didn't even bother putting one on the rack. Um, yeah, I mean, that that is fairly common. Um, and that's when the reorders come into play where, yeah, we can try to reorder it. But with reorders, there's no guarantee that it'll be available. Some of this stuff runs out of stock. Um, at you at the distribution level uh, pretty quickly. Uh, we've already had cases where uh, things showed as, as being sold out and out of stock before the release date when it was shipped um, because 
they just had that many people ordered or reordered after that initial order went in. So, um, so yeah, if you really want to ensure that you get something, I, I can't stress enough that pre-ordering is definitely uh, the way to go. And, and not only that, but uh, we know and not everybody realizes that, that these comic book companies, they look at those pre-order numbers, and if those pre-order numbers aren't high enough, you know, that's when some of these cancellations happen. Um, you know, it might be that a lot of people wanted to buy it off the rack, but there weren't enough pre-orders, so it's yeah. canceled. And that's why I mentioned that Scooby-Doo team-up being like, well, I want that one with Swamp Thing, so I'm not just going to naturally expect that, you know, even though it's Kurt ordering, you know, putting in the final orders, he would know anyways if it wasn't on my list. He's like, Anthony likes Swamp Thing, I'm going to have it there, and, and you know... Kurt would very likely have just assumed that you were going to pick it up. Yeah, and that shows a lot, you know, to Kurt's dedication when it comes to, like, knowing the customers and basically, you know, things that they read and, you know, things they're missing on a list. You know, it's not like he's, like, adding it to the list saying, oh, here, you have to buy this now. It's more like, hey, I happen to notice you didn't put this on the list. And you're like, most of the time, you're like, oh, man, well, thank you. Cause no, I didn't no, know. yeah, we'll, we'll do that occasionally. We know that somebody typically orders something with a certain character. Uh, you get some special or, or something else with them out and you didn't pre-order that item. A lot of times we'll think, hey, they typically buy everything with that character or by that writer or, you know, whatever the case may be and we'll order it. But yeah, then you're, we, we don't expect that you are, you have to <laughs> buy it then. We just assume that maybe you missed it or whatever and we go ahead and order it for you. Um, I just wanted to highlight the DC Core PVC statues I noticed in this issue. Um, for people that want to collect but statues and figurines, but for some reason the price is too high, these are a little bit cheaper and they look really nice. Um, they have Wonder Woman and Batgirl in this issue, and they are both priced at only $50 for a 9-inch PVC Figure. Whereas normally you'd get like a statue, it could be 150 to 200 bucks, and that's the low yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, that's the low end. And I will just correct you in that it is not actually cheaper; they are less expensive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> upon upon the appearance and and design, it does look like you know the, the that back, they would be more expensive. The Batgirl figure, um, <laughs> especially struck my as looking, you know, very nice. You know, yeah, yeah. Very well detailed, and you know. Yeah, there's a couple of PVCs I've purchased uh, throughout the years, and I've been very happy with uh, with what they are for definitely for that uh, affordable pricing. So, all right, I think that should close it up for the uh, one year anniversary of the Crimson Call Comic Club. I thank everybody here for uh, showing up and contributing and uh, helping keep this alive and. Uh, it's a lot more entertaining than when I did one of my many comic book podcasts where it was just me talking to myself. <laughs> um, it's a lot easier to uh, talk to a, a direct audience here at the table as well as those that I know that download and listen. And uh, if you're ever interested in joining the club, all you have to do is show up or ask a question if, you have, uh, if you're kind of wondering what it's like. Um, everybody welcome to join up every Saturday at 4 p.m. So this whole time, I've been Anthony. For the past year and longer, I have, am, and always will be David. From this moment forward, I'm Katie. And I'm still going to be Jim. <laughs> to be continued. Thanks for listening. 
The Crimson Cowl Comic Club is recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue in West Bend, Wisconsin. For more information, visit us online at www.crimsoncowl.com.